Thank you, ladies. On that note, Lord, this is our prayer, Lord, that you would create a right spirit within us. Lord, that we, you would find us pleasing in your sight. Lord, because we love you and we reverence your presence here in this house. We thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, that we can learn more of you, to become more like you, to fellowship one with another. And we thank you, Lord, for this time. Amen. Amen. I just want to introduce you now, ladies, to this, this beautiful woman of God. She is a woman of substance. A woman of true grit. I mean, it takes a lot of, a lot of grit to minister in country town churches. <laughs> it does. It can be a very thankless job. And it's week in, week out, week in, week out. It doesn't stop. And Roxy and Trevor, they've been doing it for a good you know, 30 years in some ministry of some form. They've never stopped. Because they're kingdom people. Roxy is a kingdom-orientated woman. She longs to see people come to his throne. She longs to people for people to be saved. And that's what it, this is all about. And that's what our call is, to call others into God's kingdom. Amen. But tonight, I just feel that Roxy is here just to encourage us, to inspire us, to challenge us. And I thank you, Roxy, for coming. Let's give her a warm welcome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Just looking at all your beautiful faces. I'm a bit emotional tonight, so just bear with me. And um, I just want to share what's on my heart to you this evening and hope that um, you'll be able to grab a hold of something out of it and, and it will help change your life. Amen? Because I'm all about change. Because one thing God does is he's a restorer. Amen? He's, he's all about restoring um, broken lives and picking up the broken pieces. And I've had a lot of those in my life. But God's always, 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 sorry about me being emotional. <laughs> so pull yourself together, woman. And um, God always comes through. Amen. When you trust in him, when you stand on his word, when you rely on him, he always, always, always comes through. Amen. Always. I've never had a time when he hasn't come through. Amen. You know, and just, uh, just recently I had some health issues and it wasn't very good. And um, I felt like um, the devil was trying to take me out. But I said, you know what? I shall not die but live to declare the works of the living God. So I'm here right now doing that. Amen? <laughs> Declaring the works of the living God. So I just want to kick off um, with... Uh, 
a very familiar scripture that most of you probably already know, but it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah, bring out the tissue. She's a bit of my... <laughs> 29, 11. That says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope. And um, in Ephesians 1, 4... Um, actually says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So, you know, God's got a plan and a purpose for every person that's alive and existing on this planet. You know, sometimes they, they never get into that. They never step into it. They never move into God's plan. But he has a plan. Amen. He has a plan for each and every one of you. And that plan is for good. His plan is for good. Amen. Amen. To give you a future and a hope. You know, sometimes we think about that and, and we think, well, we can't really see into the future. But to give us a future and a hope and something, something to hang on to. And it's interesting how, you know, you, and you all know how you can look back and see how God's been moving uh, in your life, even when you didn't know he was. But he's been there all the time leading, guiding, bringing people into your life that you would, you would not know. And, and some of those people don't stay in your life either. They're only there for a time because God's plan is for us is to walk in his plan, amen, and not in our own plans because they usually don't work out. Okay, so I'm just going to read from Psalm 139 for a sec. From, um, from verse 13 to about 16, I think. It goes, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And marvellous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were already written. And the days were fashioned for me, and as yet there were none of them. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that, well, these days, um, they're not, the baby's not uh, formed in secret anymore, is it? Like you can go and have these scans every few weeks and see how your baby's going and that's pretty good. But, but, but I just think it's amazing that that's the plan God already had for you all, even while you were being knit together and put together in your mother's womb. God already had plans, good plans for you in your life. And it's like you can't even fathom it, really, can you? Just how wonderful that is. But I want to draw your attention to verse 14 where it says, this translation says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I think it's the NIV says, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works. And that my soul knows full well. You know, I've read this scripture for years and I always thought, was saying, God knows how beautiful I am. But he said, uh-uh. Do you know how beautiful you are? Do you know how beautiful you are? 
And my answer to that was, nah, you've got to be joking. <laughs> and I, 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 never, <laughs> I never saw myself as beautiful. I thought I had too much booty for that. But you know what? God, I, I read this just after I had, had my um, operations that I had. And I realised it says, God says that's, that my soul knows full well. So you know what? I had to repent of not believing the word of God because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe I was beautiful. And how many of you sitting here tonight believe that? Come on. Let's be honest. How many of you actually believe I'm not beautiful? Yeah. And, so, and, and you know what? You are because God says you are. But, and he says, I know it full well. And I never knew that. So I repented and said, sorry for not believing your word, God. Because honestly, that's what it is, isn't it? I didn't believe what he said. I repented of that, of not believing what he said. So you know what? Whenever there's family photos and stuff, I'm always not in it. (laughs) Or I'm always, the little head just popped up behind everyone else because I don't want to see myself in a photo. (laughs) But you know what? I went out to dinner for my daughter's 30th birthday last weekend and she said, Mum, I want to take a photo of you and Dad with me. So you know what? For the first time in my life, I went out and I said, you know what? I'm beautiful. So I stood out there in that photo and when, <laughs> when she's, yeah, amen. So, and so when the photo came back, I didn't cringe because normally you cringe and you think, oh, God, you look terrible. I don't want to look at that. But I thought, <laughs> I didn't cringe. I thought, you know what? God says I am and I should know it. So my, my challenge to you guys tonight is, if you don't know it, get that little scripture out, read it and repent of not believing what God says. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because he's made you all beautiful, every last one of you. And we all come in different shapes and sizes and whatever. Beautiful little packages. That's what we are. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Beautiful little packages. Okay. I'm just going to flip over to Song of Songs. I'm a real scripture reading person, so I know some people get up and preach and don't even read one, but that's not me. That's not me. (laughs) I I like the word of God. So, the path I was kind of trying to take you on tonight was just to realise how much God's been in your life forever. Even, even when you're not saved, you can look back and see uh, where he's been and you didn't know it. But his plan, see, he made a plan right back there before we were even knit together in our mother's womb. For us, a plan for good for us. Amen? Amen? And one of the things I know is that God's love for us is a fierce love. Yeah. It is a fierce love. You know what? And he goes out after, after us, especially when you know God and you stray off. He goes out after us fiercely. Amen? Amen. He loves us with a fierce love. And this scripture in Song of Songs says, 
Set a seal upon my heart as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death and jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames, its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame, and many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. You know, and this is the love of God. This is his love where he goes out after us and brings us back, you know, because we all, we all go through things in our life where we stray off. It might not be bad things, but you might just go cold. You know, you might just get cold towards God sometimes and you don't go to church or you don't read your Bible or you're, you're not acting in a loving, kind way or whatever that is. But you know what? God goes out after us, after us, because the moment you accept Christ as your saviour, you've made a covenant with Almighty God. Amen? And he's a covenant keeper. He's a covenant keeper and he always keeps his word. I don't care what anybody else says. God always keeps his word. People don't, but God does. Amen? People will let you down, but God never will. Amen? He goes out after us with a fierce love, a fierce kind of love that never, never lets us go. Okay, and Philippians 1.6 says that he who has begun a good work in you, God will keep working on you until the day Jesus Christ comes again. Sorry about the finger. <laughs> I'm not talking to my kids now. But <laughs> so you know what? He never, ever lets you go. I know we get all kinds of crazy thoughts going on in our head at times, telling us things that aren't true. Because, you know, if it, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's just simply not God, okay? So that's, that's pretty awesome. Okay. So is all going okay? Yeah. All going okay, good. Okay, so one thing that's really been on my heart to encourage parents or women, dads too, is that, excuse me, if you've... Uh, if your kids have strayed off and they're not walking with God, maybe they never have, but they have and they're, they're gone off and, and, um, and you're grieving about that. I know what that's like. I mean, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. I was 25 when I come to find Christ and I had a four-year-old daughter. Um, but uh, I got saved at 25 and... Trevor and I got married and had three more children. And, uh, and they all grew up and had the same love, the same love, the same, same discipline, the same everything. And yet one by one they all went off, you know, into, well, I don't think they ever took drugs, but into alcohol and, and, um, and sex and all that stuff. I can talk frank here, can't I? <laughs> and getting into all that, getting into all that stuff that God doesn't want us to get into because it only brings pain. It only brings pain. So one by one, they all went off. My eldest daughter even got into witchcraft. Ooh. But you know what? Because she belonged to Jesus and he had a plan and a purpose for her, one by one, they all came back. They all came back. 
But you know what? I, I went through this time where I was just grieving. Sorry, I'm going to cry. I know I am. I was just grieving. My heart as a mother was just grieving for my child, for my children. And you know how it is. You can't stop the little beggars. They're going to go off. <laughs> They're going to go off and do whatever, regardless of what you say. And, and that's what they're doing. And they wouldn't listen. You can't control them. <laughs> and so I was, well, Trevor too, we were both grieving. Grieving for our kids, you know. And, um, and the trauma, actually, that they all went through being away from God wasn't worth it, actually. But, <laughs> but anyway, I... I um, I was still in this place where, well, both of us actually in this place where we're grieving and especially our son who was pretty much like an alcoholic and it was just sad seeing him in that place and wouldn't listen and, and um, anyhow. So uh, we went to Emerald one Sunday because there was a visiting ministry. It's, sorry, I can't think of the people's names, but they were sort of prophetic Anyway, we sat through the, the meeting and, and the lady preached the message that morning and she kind of just called out a few people out of the congregation and prayed for them, but we weren't. And we kind of felt ripped off. You ever, <laughs> have you ever felt ripped off? <laughs> well, we, we kind of thought, we come, we come here for a word and we've just been ripped off. And we, <laughs> we kind of sat there like a couple of, I don't know what, and anyway, so I said to Trevor, you know what? Because the woman's husband didn't preach. I said, I'm going to go up and ask him to pray for us. <laughs> I said, I'm not leaving here until God speaks to me. So anyway, so we went up and Trevor's going, oh, you know. <laughs> are, you sure, are you sure we should be doing this? <laughs> I go, probably not, but I am. <laughs> but anyway, he kind of, I think the man was kind of a bit like, oh, Okay. So anyway, he started to pray, and the first thing he said was, do you have a son? See, we didn't know him from a bar of soap. So. And I go, yes, we do. And uh, the funny thing is, because my son's a keen fisherman, owns his own boat and all that stuff, <laughs> it's interesting how God speaks. He said, well, just uh, God wants you to know that the hook is in his mouth. Right now, the hook is in his mouth, and he is, God is reeling him in. Isn't that wonderful? that he spoke with a fishing metaphor because my son's a keen fisherman. And I thought, well, I know this word is for real. So, and you know what was true? God was just reeling him in. You know, just one Sunday he just turned up and came to church. It might have been for lunch, but <laughs> he, t- he turned up for lunch. But, <laughs> but anyhow, but little by little he just kept creeping in. Till finally he comes out the older and says, because I know it's hard for kids when their pastors are, when their, pa- their pastors are their parents, it's extra hard for them. But he goes, Mum, I just want you to pray for me. You know, and, and I just saw his journey, see, the plan and the purpose God has for him. And I just saw his journey from that moment when he began to respond to to God and res- respond to the prayer and repent. You know, it's important to repent. You know, a lot of churches don't talk about repentance these days, but repentance is important because, you know, it keeps your heart pure and close to God. And it makes room for more of God in your life. 
But here he is now and he has a beautiful wife who's, um, uh, she's a believer also, and a little baby who's eight months old. His name's Ezra. <laughs> so it's just, it was just so good to see his journey as he slowly came back into, you know, the purposes God has for him. So, you know, he went from being in this place, he looked like a derelict. <laughs> if you heard me saying this, he'd be cranky. Uh, but, I mean, that's what alcohol does to you. Sorry. But that's what it does. And he had his own business and all of a sudden it went down the chute and all this stuff was going on in his life. But when he repented and said, God, I'm sorry for, you know, the things that I've done against myself and against you, now he's, his business is thriving. As I said, he's, he's married and got a little baby and, and, and owns property. You know, and, and what, five or six years ago, he didn't have two cents to rub together because that's what alcohol did. We're just destroyed. But just as well, he's got praying parents, hey? Amen. Amen. But see, this is the plan. This is the plan God has. He has a plan, and none of that was his plan. But he went out after Aaron to bring him back. I mean, we're still, we never finish our journey until the day we go home to be with Jesus. But, but it's just, I think it's just exciting, you know, and uh, just how you can look and see how God, God moves in your heart and in your life. And the people he puts around you too sometimes that you wouldn't think to, to help you get through that time. So if you're here and you're in that place where you're grieving for lost children, I want to pray for you later, okay? Because Jeremiah, I forgot to tell you that bit. That's the most important bit. But um, <laughs> I had a lady, just after I had that prophetic word about Aaron, I had a lady in church one day came up to me and said, Roxy, I've got a scripture for you. And it's Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen that God said, he will return your children to their borders. Amen? Amen? He said he would return them to their borders. So I was set free. In that moment, I was set free from my grief and grieving for my kids because I said, you know what? They're yours. You deal with them. And, and you know what? <laughs> I passed them out. <laughs> but you know what? It just set me free and I didn't grieve for them again. And when Trevor was still grieving, I'd say, nah, God's bringing them back. And he has. One by one, they all came back, you know, in, in, home with Jesus. And they're all walking with God. So that's, that's really exciting. Okay, so I'm just going to read a little bit out of the book of Ruth. Are you all going all right? I'm not going too long? No. I just want to read a little, book, little bit out of the book of Ruth. And um, I just want to, I'd just like to share a little bit, not so much about Ruth, but about Naomi and her story. Sorry, I'm going to have to blow my nose. <laughs> it's a normal thing to do. <laughs> because it's interesting to see 
See, um, I won't read the whole book, obviously. But I'll just read from um, chapter 1 in the book of Ruth. Ruth says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled and there was famine in the land. A certain man of Bethlehem... Oh, sorry. A certain man of um, Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Okay, so Moab was a a pagan nation and um, full of um, idol worshippers and ungodly and godless people. So Elimelech Elimelech, and uh, his wife Naomi and their two sons, uh, Malion and Shilion, uh, Euphrates of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went into the country of Moab and remained there. So then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left with her two sons. So now they took wives of the women of Moab. So they took wives of the foreign country. One was Orpha and the other one was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. So both uh, Malion and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. So you see, she's, they've gone off into this. I don't know whether it was ever God's plan for them to go off, where they went off. But in there, her husband and both her sons died. So it wasn't a very nice time for them. Anyway, so um, Naomi rose with her daughters-in-law to return. Uh, so, sorry that she might return from the country, country of Moab. Um, for she had heard in Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving him bread. Okay, isn't that interesting? Here she is in this um, foreign country, no husband, no sons, no one to look after her. But all of a sudden she heard. She had that plan that God had for her. It's like she heard something. She heard. So, therefore she went from that place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return uh, to the land of Judah. And Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, and she said, uh, go each of you and return to your mother's houses and the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that you might find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and lifted up their, and they lifted up their voices and wept. So um, Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that may be your husbands? Uh, turn back because I'm too old to have a husband. So if I should have a husband tonight... Um, should he bear sons so she really she was telling her daughters you know go back to your families I'm going home you know because she heard she heard she heard that there was bread in Bethlehem so she said to her daughter-in-law you go home to your families but Orpha kissed her mother-in-law and clung to her and she left but Ruth didn't Ruth said no I'm not going to leave you wherever you go I will go wherever you lodge I will lodge Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do this so to me 
also, if anything, puts death, anything but death parts you and me. So, you know, Ruth was really faithful to her mother-in-law and she decided that she was going to stay and look after her. And, um, and that she did. So I see in that, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Ruth was faithful in doing that, but I see that the plan and the purpose that God had for Naomi here was he, was he used Ruth to look after her. This was God's plan for Naomi to redeem her, to bring her back, you know, because she'd gone to this foreign country and pretty much deserted God, truthfully. She, she wasn't in the right place because all those bad things had happened to her and she got bitter. And um, she said, uh, what'd she say? My name's no longer Naomi, which means pleasant, but you can call me Mara, which means bitter. So really she was, her heart was in this place of bitterness and really she was blaming God for um, all this trouble that had happened to her. Um, but really it was their own doing. And isn't that interesting that when we got stuff going in our life, we often blame God for it, when in fact, if you look a bit deeper, you'll find out it's because you've left God in some way. And um, yeah, amen. So, so in verse 21, she says, I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. And that's when she said, Lord, why do you afflict me? And she was blaming God for afflicting her when, in fact, it was their own choice to go out and um, live where they lived. Amen? But it's interesting how this plan that God had of redemption for Naomi, as she heard that there was bread, and that was what started her on her journey going back home. Not just back home to a homeland, but back home to her God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm not going to read all of this, but they, um, we'll skip to chapter 2, verse 1 and th- 3. So, so obviously uh, God was using Ruth because she had to look after Naomi because she was too old to go to work and do all that. So, so Ruth says to, to Naomi, please let me go out into the field and glean the heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favour. So Naomi said, go. Because back then they used to leave, they used to leave sheaves of grain and stuff in the corners of the fields for the poor and, and the widows and that, and the orphans to, to come and just pick it up so that they would have food. So this is what uh, Ruth went to do. She went out into the field, which just so happened to be Boaz. And um, I find that, Another interesting fact that Boaz was um, Naomi's relative. <laughs> so she had a connection here that she wouldn't have even thought about. See, bringing people into your life that you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't uh, have connections to. So anyway, so, so um, when she told Naomi whose field she was gleaning from, straight away Naomi had a plan <laughs> because... She said she told her to do a strange thing. I never understood it actually, where she told her to go and lay on the, or lay on the threshing, <laughs> threshing floor and do all this stuff. I'll just find it and read it. I was thinking, what the heck is she doing? 
But really, it was a proposal of marriage, girls, hey? She... <laughs> yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't hanging around waiting for him to say, marry me. She went and said, hey, this is me and I want to marry you. So... <laughs> So who's read this? Has everybody read the story, Ruth, so you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Hey? But anyway, she said, uh, I'll tell you anyway. She said, <laughs> she said now, Boaz, oh, sorry. she says, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you will notice the place where he lies. You shall go in, uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. And she said, I will do all that you tell me to do, Ruth said to Naomi. So she went and did according to what her mother-in-law instructed her. So after Boaz had eaten and drank and his heart was cheerful, uh, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. She came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there she was lying at his feet on the floor and he goes oh who are you she says I'm Ruth your maidservant and then she says take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative then he said blessed are you of the Lord my daughter for you have shown more kindness at uh, at the end than at the beginning and you did not go after the young men young men whether they were poor or rich he probably thought it was, he was made, hey? <laughs> hey, yeah, like, well, I think he was about 40 years old or something. She was obviously young. He probably thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so he accepted, her, he accepted her proposal of marriage. And because he was um, a relative of Naomi's, and there was, there was another relative that was closer, so he had to go and see whether the other relative wanted to have, have uh, Ruth, but he didn't. So, so the, the end of the story is Ruth and Boaz were married, and, um, and this, this is the bit that just blesses me so much. And so Boaz took Ruth and became his wife, and he went in with her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. And then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher in your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. And also the neighbour women gave him a name saying, this is the son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And of course he's the father of Jesse, the father of David, and in the lineage of Jesus Christ. See that plan? See that plan that God had through Naomi all that time was Jesus Christ. And uh, she had to go out. Well, I don't know that she had to, but they, they went out into that place where um, into that barren place and where her husband and her children died. But see how God restored. He restored back to uh, Naomi, that beautiful, faithful daughter-in-law and a son. 
and the son was given back to her because really, um, you know, she'd lost her sons and she, and she was given the privilege of being a nurse to, to that little boy, like um, a, a spiritual um, nurse to that little boy. And I just think that's the most beautiful plan of redemption. Like, I know it was, it was more than one love story in the book of Ruth. But to me, I thought how Naomi went from that place of being not where she should have been and how God drew her back into the right place with the right people at the right time. And um, because um, Obed was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Can you see that picture? And I believe God's brought you here this evening, the right time, right place, right time, because God wants to speak to your heart. He wants to speak to your heart so that you just know that God has a plan for your life, a plan for good and not for evil. And you know that God has a plan because he loves you. He has a plan because he loves you, that you are precious to him and you are beautiful. You are beautiful and you know that full well. Got to remember that now, girls. It's not God knowing that, it's you knowing that. You are. You are beautiful. So I'm just going to finish there now. And if you want to play that song, please. I might just grab a chair and sit down for just a little second, if that's okay. My knee's getting a bit stiff. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I just, I'd just like to encourage you this evening. If you have a need in your heart right now, I can, I can agree with you in prayer. I can stand with you in prayer right now. Right now, because God has a plan for each and every one of you. Okay? He really, really does. Because you know that scripture, in, I think it's in Psalms, where he says, He took me out of the miry clay and set my feet on a rock. You know, and that's exactly what Jesus does. He took my own feet out of a place where I was ready, I was bound for hell. I was bound for hell. Right? I thought I was okay. I thought I was okay. But you know what? I wasn't. I was brought up in a home where you were taught that if you were christened as a baby, you were okay. Well, that's the biggest lie that the devil ever spun to anybody because it's not, it's not the truth. Because we all have to come to a place of choosing whether you're going to choose Christ or reject. And that's the only thing that will keep you out of heaven is a rejection of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and, and I don't know about all you guys, but when I was, I was a kid, it was like, if you did something wrong, your mum would sometimes say, oh, God's going to punish you for that. Well, you know, that's another lie. <laughs> I mean, she should have given me a smack. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's another lie because it's not even the truth because God's not a punisher. He's a God of love. And he loves us with an everlasting love. It never changes never changes. His love for us never changes. And I know that's true. I've felt that, experienced that and seen that in my own life. His love never, ever changes. So I just want to encourage you this evening 
if you have need and you'd like some prayer, to come on out and, um, and I will stand with you in prayer and pray with you. Amen. But if I can just, just let you know that, hey, God's got a plan. If you just get that one thing in your heart tonight, to know that God's got a plan for your life for good. And you know what, young girls, I don't know whether you've got a man in your life yet. <laughs> but one thing I learnt was ask God. Ask God who the right person is for you. Because I've seen my own one daughter, actually, have so much trauma in her life by simply not asking God, is this man right for me? I know I'm feeding you a lot tonight, but I'm not going to see you for a while. So, But I know she... I know if you're attracted to something, doesn't mean that person's right for you. Attraction is not what it's about. I mean, obviously you've got to have some attraction, but but if you just because you're attracted to somebody, doesn't mean that person's right for you. See, one thing I did, I prayed and asked God because I made a mistake. I lived with a man for five years who um, physically, emotionally and mentally and socially abused me and I thought that was love and I know some of you have probably all been in the same place but you know what I couldn't be further from the truth so when I came to Christ and one thing I dearly wanted was a husband but I had to come to the place where I gave that to God and said well you know what God this is this I'm giving this to you because I'm not making any more mistakes so I prayed and I said, God, I, I, I had a little list because I wanted someone who was kind and somebody who'd love my daughter as his own. That was really important. And um, top of the list was he had to be a believer because nine times out of ten it don't work. And I remember, <laughs> I remember one day saying to this lady that I was praying for this husband and she laughed in my face and said, oh, she said, I've never been that desperate. That's what she said to me. But you know what? I've been married for 35 years now and, and she's in a mess. And I thought, well, you know what? Attraction doesn't mean that person's right for you. So if I could just encourage you, young ladies, ask God. Say, God, you know who I need. You know who's good for me and I'm good for them. You know, it's a two-way thing. So I just encourage you to do that because it really works. It really works. When you ask God, he delivers. And you know what, Trevor and I have our times where it's like, you better duck, mate, because the plate's coming. But you know what? (laughs) But you know what? I know God put us together. He put us together. Amen? Okay, I'll start up now. So I just encourage you right now. We're just going to sing this song um, about the goodness of God. And I just, I just encourage you, if you want to come out for prayer, please do. And um, if I can, and I'll just stand with you in prayer. Amen. And the lady in the pink dress, would you like to come? Because uh, God told me yesterday you are going to be here. I don't know who you are, but... Can you come out, love, if you're willing? And I'll pray for you. (laughs) Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. 
Sing of the goodness. 